Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. At this time last month, we were worried about the three-game gauntlet of Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Penn State. If it was a test, we didn't know it. We were not only dominant, but became more so each and every week. After Saturday night's thrashing of Penn State, we have to feel good, but not too good yet. There is still a lot of business to take care of, even this week against Rutgers. Joining me on our game day segment will be beat writer Cody Stavenhagen from The Athletic Detroit. Before he comes along, my view from Section 17 to get us started. I told you last week I had good vibes about the Penn State game. I thought we would win, but I had no idea we would bury them. But I enjoyed it just the same. I think by now we all know this team is different. You listen to the players talk about a brotherhood, that everyone gets along, they have each other's back, and they play for each other. There is a chemistry with this team you can see and feel. And if you're going to compete for a Big Ten championship and beyond, you have to have all of those things. But it's one day at a time, one game at a time. Rutgers is next. My guest today doesn't see us having a letdown this week against the Scarlet Knights. Maybe a slow start, which we seem to have during road games. But if we don't turn it over and just play our game, this should be a comfortable win and a chance to get some playing time for our backups and get Shea off the field so we can keep him healthy for the last two games. Beat writer Cody Stavenhagen from The Athletic Detroit is up next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
Back with us on our game day segment this week as we look back on that big win over Penn State on Saturday and ahead to uh, Saturday at Rutgers this coming Saturday, I should say, is uh, Cody Stavenhagen from the Athletic Detroit. Great to have you back with us, Cody. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, Cody, uh, you've been on the show a few times now, and uh, we all know it's your first year covering Michigan, and I think you picked a good one. Uh, it's shaping up to be what could be anyway a November to remember, isn't it? Yeah, you know I don't I don't want to make uh, take too much credit for it, but it's, <laughs> it's certainly been a fun year um, to be around Michigan, uh, especially in the past few weeks. I'm sure for fans, especially, have been a lot of uh, a lot of fun. Even uh, from a journalistic perspective, this has become a very interesting and uh, fun team to cover. And uh, yeah, November will likely include more of the same. Uh, you know, regardless of the final final result, it looks like it is all coming down to that game in Columbus, uh, which is usually the sign of a good season. Well, indeed, it is around here. But looking back on Saturday, I think most Michigan fans felt pretty good heading into the game with Penn State. But I don't think even the most optimistic of fans saw that coming. Other than the blocked field goal. Really hard to find anything to be negative with uh, concerning that performance, Cody. Yeah, I agree. It was a total total domination by Michigan, really, from the start. I think that's one of the biggest things you can point to is the Michigan defense, especially, and even the offense, to a degree, got off to a very good start and then just didn't let up. They really imposed their will on the opponent, um, you know, much like they did against Wisconsin. It's, it seems like a Michigan team that's really starting to find its rhythm has found its rhythm and its identity uh, really in, in uh, just about every phase of the game. I think, yeah, Quinn Nordine, that kicker, is maybe still a little bit of a concern, but it's just tough to complain uh, with with much much else. This offensive line um, in the running game, Cron Higdon, is, is, they're all playing their best football. Shea Patterson continues to be uh, very efficient. We're seeing more signs of explosion out of this offense. And then defensively, I mean, wow, this Michigan defense, as I looked at last week right now, is allowing just over 3.7 yards per play, uh, which has a chance to be the lowest of of, uh, any team uh, that has made the college football playoff if Michigan were to go that far. So, uh, yeah, this defense is playing, you know, just historically well. And a lot of things are falling into place for Michigan right now. Of course, uh, the job isn't finished, and, uh, and they'll have to keep it up for a few more weeks. I thought it was interesting to hear Don Brown, when he was on a local radio station here in Detroit, say that he lost a lot of sleep after the defense got shredded in Happy Valley a year ago. And that was bad, we all agree. But I think he slept like a baby after uh, Saturday's game. These guys are playing at such an elite level, it's mind-boggling right now. Yeah, and I think Don Brown is a big reason why. I uh you know, wrote Saturday night mostly about Don Brown. I watched him pretty closely through uh, binoculars in the press box for most of the fourth quarter, and uh, his reactions did not disappoint. Um, The guy was locked in. The entire Michigan bench was kind of celebrating with, you know, nine minutes left in the game and six minutes left in the game. Not, Not that there was anything you know, premature. They were just having, they were leading and they were having a good time as everyone's up and dancing and the music's blaring. Don Brown's locked in on his play sheet, you know, and then he's, he's fired up during the drive. And then when Penn State scores that late garbage touchdown, Don Brown was pretty livid. I mean, that's a guy who really wanted a shutout. I, I wouldn't be surprised if part of him, you know, uh, still missed a little bit of sleep just, just thinking about that last drive. And that's a big reason why this Michigan defense. It's so good. They have one of the best coordinators in the country and a guy who doesn't settle for much less than perfection. So I, I think, uh, you know, it's, 
you can credit almost every player on that defense. And I think that shows you more than anything that maybe the real guy who deserves credit is Don Brown. And I'm hoping fans are enjoying this. Uh, I know I've been around a long time covering this. You see good defenses and you see great defenses, but I hope we enjoy this because what we're seeing from this defense, you just don't see maybe every other decade if you're lucky. Yeah, I think I think the one criticism um, of that from opposing fans, from critics out there, whatever, is that maybe Michigan still haven't played um, a great quarterback. Trace McSorley was probably the best quarterback they've played all season, and he wasn't 100% healthy. It looked like his knee was banged up. McSorley, of course, did not have a good game at all. Now, part of that's a testament to the fact that Michigan has shut down a lot of, you know, adequate, pretty good quarterbacks. They still haven't faced, uh, you know, maybe an elite challenge, one could argue, and, and maybe that still lies on the schedule in the form of Dwayne Haskins and whoever Michigan might play beyond that. So, uh, you know, that's, that's something to watch. But I, at this point, you know, I don't see any quarterback having much, much success with the way this Michigan defense is playing with the, just the sheer brutality that this pass rush brings. And, and oh, yeah, by the way, Rashawn Gary was back last week and presumably will we'll be back forward the rest of the season. So that's not a bad addition to have after, after he missed three games. No, I think everyone was happy to see a very brief appearance by Rashawn on Saturday. But when he wasn't on the field, Josh Uche and uh, Quiddy Pay were and have been more than adequate in his absence, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think Josh Uche is up to seven sacks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Quiddy Pay, I don't, I don't know how many he has, but he's been, uh, at least numbers-wise, every bit as good, if not better, than, than, you know, the production you might have gotten out of Rashawn Gary had he been healthy all year. Those two guys have stepped up uh, big time. Uche was a guy we talked about in uh, the preseason as a guy who could be due for that breakout year. Seemed like Quiddy Pay was a little more under the radar, but he's just stepped up and and become a force, you know. And he's right, he's right there in line to become one of the next, you know, great Michigan defensive linemen if he continues, you know, to keep that up. And I think Uche is just kind of this third down pass rush specialist. Don Brown just just loves him and the uh, the aggression he brings off the edge, just that that kind of killer mentality um a guy that you can put on the field and put on the field um you know on third down and and uh he's gonna hit if he doesn't hit the quarterback he's gonna at least create some havoc so those guys have been really fun to watch i think also deserve a lot of credit for kind of waiting their turn knowing their role and then really producing uh when they've been called on you know another thing we talked a lot about in the uh, the preseason was the secondary you know the corners long and hill and and even metellus but brandon watson might be playing better than anyone back there right now cody don't you think yeah i'd say one one thing in watching this secondary these guys are have done a great job in coverage all year and really locked people down but i you know i feel like they're Ball skills haven't always totally impressed me, at least from, you know, from David Long, LaVert Hill. Brandon Watson has some really good ball skills, and I think that's that's why you've seen him come up with a couple of big-time interceptions, including that pick six um, last week against Penn State. I mean, this is a guy who just has a, a nose for the football, can go get it, and, and then uh, take it back the other way, and he's been great in coverage, too. That's why he's been able to put himself in the right position, at least be be in the right place at the right time. Brandon Watson, uh, it, it almost seems like he's been a little bit overlooked, maybe underappreciated mm-hmm. until 
probably that pick against Penn State, and then it was, oh, wait, Brandon Watson is having one heck of a season. Well, another kid that we uh, we talk about uh, a lot, and he talks the talk and walks the walk, is uh, Chase Winovich, but he is just having one incredible year, isn't he? Yeah, Chase Winovich is one of those guys, you know, he any doubts you have about him continues to, uh, to kind of prove them wrong. He's just been so good, and then we worried, you know, well, with Rashawn Gary out, with more attention on Chase Winovich, how will he fare? Well, he played probably his best football on that three-game stretch. You know, I think the question, what is Chase Winovich's NFL potential, gets thrown around a lot. And it's hard to know because he doesn't quite have those high-end NFL measurables like a Rashawn Gary. You know, there's a lot of talk that, okay, maybe he's still a third or fourth-round pick. Maybe that's his ceiling. But if you watch the tape, you see how disruptive he is. You see why he continues to rise in draft boards. You see why there's chatter. Maybe he could go uh, even higher. This is obviously not a, a direct comparison, but covering Baker Mayfield in the past, it was kind of like that at Oklahoma throughout his career, where it was like, okay, well, he's really good, but he's you know he's he's too small, he's too slow, he's probably a third or fourth round pick, right? But then he just mm-hmm. kept putting up. You know, made play after play, kept putting great things on tape, and by the time it was all said and done, no one could deny it. He went first overall. It'll be very interesting to see what Chase Winovich's uh, NFL potential is because right now his film is just off the charts. With us on our game day segment this week, looking back at the Penn State game, is Cody Stavenhagen from the Athletic Detroit. Cody, the Michigan offensive line has taken a beating from fans for pretty much the last decade, most of it well-deserved. Do you think it's finally time, though, we say, hey, right now, this is a darn good offensive line? Yeah, I mean, you can't, you know, I don't I don't think you can argue against that at all. They've looked really good in um, every Big Ten game, and it seems like they're still, you know, turning upwards, still looking better. Penn State might have been one of those lines' very best games. I think uh, this Michigan offense is calling plays. You know, we, we saw an influx of some RPOs stuff like that to really take advantage of the fact this line is blocking so well um and again that's one of those things where it's like you know you can't really single out one person the credit i think the players get you know have to get the credit because every one of them has continued to improve and play their best football well that's also a sign that ed warner this first year line coach man what a hire he has been i think he you know if i had to guess has had uh, uh some big you know, handprints on this offense and what it's doing, but also just the way he's coached up his linemen to make such an improvement from week one to now speaks volumes about him. And I think that says some things about Jim Harbaugh, just the fact that Jim Harbaugh, the, the staff changes he made this offseason seem to really be paying off. Well, you wrote a story in The uh, Athletic last week about how Jim Harbaugh's transfer quarterbacks get better as the season progresses. It's happening again with Shea Patterson, isn't it, Cody? Yeah, I don't think we've quite seen Shea Patterson's numbers take off in the way that uh, we did with Jake Rudock. And then I talked to Jim Harbaugh's first transfer quarterback uh, way back at the mm-hmm. University of San Diego, Todd Mortensen. Um, both guys who came in, started right away, um, You know, didn't have to sit out a year. Uh, didn't play great at, at the start of the season, but gradually improved and then really took off in the final, uh, you know, probably four to six games. So I was curious, you know, if we'll see something similar with Shea Patterson. Well, I think he's continued to look more efficient and more comfortable in this offense. And the fact of the matter is he's just not being called upon to, you know, he doesn't have to throw for 300 yards a game with the way this Michigan offense is running the ball, controlling the clock with the way this defense is playing. 
So I'll still remain curious if there's another level we'll see from Shea Patterson, at least numbers-wise. But but right now, I mean, I think he's you know he's, he's the guy that this this team has needed. It hasn't necessarily needed him to be a Heisman Trophy winner. It's needed him to go out there and be a very good and smart and efficient quarterback. And I think he's done that. Continues to make some very impressive throws. The one to, the touchdown pass to Donovan People Jones on the run Saturday was phenomenal. One of his very best this year. Um, so again, I don't, I'm not even sure we've seen the best out of Shea Patterson yet. Well, the last few years around here, uh, fans, media folks have criticized play calling, uh, and game plans, but this year, and it's always better when it works, of course, but I think both the game plans, uh, the play calling and in-game adjustments have been very good, haven't they? Yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with, you know, I, I wouldn't criticize much at all i think you still see some people who get a little frustrated uh oh, why is michigan running the ball so much blah 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 but uh look that's very very clearly been part of the plan part of the game plan it has worked it's been to beat down the opponent throughout the first couple of quarters if that means running on you know second and long so be it um and then in the second half really really taking off really you know uh reaping the fruits of those labors. And uh, that's also helped the passing game so much. Shea Patterson has been very good off play action. That's where the vast majority of Michigan's big passing plays have come from. Um, and, and so that's kind of what this Michigan offense is built around right now. And you can't, you can't, you know, you can't say much bad about it because it has worked without a doubt. And if there's a concern for me, and, and I don't think it's nitpicking, I hope it's not, it would be where Quinn Nordine's head is right now. I mean, Saturday's block was not his fault. They were in there before he could cock his leg, it seemed. But they've got to get him back on track because he could be critical, especially down in Columbus. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a little bit of a concern right now. It doesn't seem uh, so bad when you're, you're blowing teams out and uh, whatever, it's the kicker. But there will be a moment this season, whether it's in Columbus, whether it's in the Big Ten title game, whether it's in the bowl game, where Michigan will need a crucial field goal. And right now, I don't think the uh, I don't think anyone has a lot of confidence in Quinn Nordine, like you kind of mentioned. Uh, I wonder how much confidence Quinn Nordine has in himself. I think that's something that, that the coaching staff will really have to evaluate in practice. Can we get this guy back on track? Would you even consider a, a change at kicking at this point in the year? Um, it'll be something to keep tabs on. And, uh, and, yeah, something I would not totally overlook on this Michigan team. I guess another concern after Saturday would be backup quarterback Dylan McCaffrey done with the broken collarbone. Yeah. More important than ever now to keep Shea Patterson upright, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. McCaffrey has been so impressive in the in the little football we've seen from him. Now it looks like uh, you would assume Brandon Peters will probably be the backup. Of course, Joe Milton still in that depth chart and is dressed for several games. Uh, but but tough to see McCaffrey go down. He, he's been so good and so impressive. And I I really think might have a uh, a really high ceiling for his time at Michigan. Um, and yeah, Michigan has been a little bit lucky in the way Shea Patterson has, has been healthy despite how much he runs, blah, blah, blah. But, but again, this line has started, uh, keeping the pocket more and more clean. Um, so again, yeah, do that. You know, you, you just, you don't want any surprises and injury right now to Shea Patterson is probably, probably about worst case scenario for this Michigan team. Well, Saturday it's off to Piscataway to uh, take on Rutgers. We all know they are the worst team in the Big Ten. We also know how Michigan has fared on the road over the last decade or so. You would think 
we would roll in that game, but you just can't mess around with teams in their place at all, can you, Cody? No, it's it's one of those things where I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan gets off to a slow start again. It just seems like it's kind of become the pattern, the history of what happens on the road. It happens to other teams besides Michigan to some extent as well. Um, but obviously if that happens, you know, you can't take anyone for granted. I think with the way Michigan's playing right now, it's, it's it's hard to even think of this game as much of a concern. Uh, but if I'm Jim Harbaugh, if I'm the coaching staff, I'm just really harping on uh, doing the same things you've done all year, run the ball well on that first drive, move the ball, eat some clock. And, and as long as you don't get off to too terrible of a start, as long as you don't turn the ball over multiple times early, I think the Wolverines will be just fine. You know, after the game on Saturday night, Cody, I was watching Penn Live's coverage. I like to see what the uh, the opposing writers have to say after a game. And their two beat guys uh, were focused on how bad the Big Ten is this year in their thought. You spent the last two years covering Oklahoma, so you bring a fresh perspective. What is your impression so far of Big Ten football overall? It's very much what I thought it would be. It's a completely different style than the Big 12, of course. You just see more, a little bit more old-school smash-mouth teams. That's, you know, maybe a little bit of a cliched idea, but it's certainly true compared to the Big 12. Um, yeah, it's, it's been kind of tough because the Big Ten, I don't think you know anyone can say it's been really been at its best this year. It's just not as uh, deep, not as strong top to bottom as people thought. It looks like maybe Ohio State's not this uh, true power that people thought. Michigan State's had a, a worse year than expected. Wisconsin hasn't played too terribly well. There have been some, you know, some kind of these middle of the pack teams that have been pretty good. The Northwestern, the Purdue of the world, but. You know, then you look at Nebraska in, in the basement. So I think it's, you know, it's it's, it's a confidence that, yeah, it's, it's not having its best year by any stretch. Uh, but there's still some really good football teams. Um, it's, it's been kind of fun to watch and just to kind of see a different part of the college football world. Watching the the two Penn State beat writers um, on Penn Live after the game, one of the things they, they said, which really doesn't surprise me, is that they were not impressed with Michigan's offense that it seemed like it was Bo Beckler's offense 40 years later, and if Michigan <laughs> gets into the playoffs, it ain't going to work. Do you think there's some truth to that? Yeah, you know, I've, I've heard that before, and I, like, I'm no Michigan homer, but I think that's a little silly because Michigan's offense, you know, if you put up 42 points, I don't, you know, I don't know how you could say their offense wasn't that good. It worked against Penn State, and when you talk about, yeah, winning in the playoff, well, the, the team that has been the most dominant in the college football playoff era is Alabama, which has relied on a smash mouth style. Um, and, and, and in fact, in that uh, study I looked at last week, just kind of comparing Michigan's current stats, college football playoff teams. Um, so the two teams in the playoff era with the lowest yards per play that have made the college football playoff were Alabama and Georgia last season right now michigan's offense ranks a little bit above them in terms of yards per play um so so it's you know running the ball and playing very good defense can absolutely work in these big time games i think if if michigan were to make the playoff its defense would be a very interesting matchup you know against just about anyone so i you know i don't think it's totally fair to to uh, call out this offense by any means. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think we've seen it adapt some over the last few weeks, of course, with more read options, with more of the RPOs. It's, it is a little more than a 1970s-style offense, no doubt. Well, final question for you, Cody. Uh, the playoff talk is going to take care of itself over the next few weeks. We know that. 
But after Saturday, it seems like a lot of folks, media fans, are penciling in Alabama uh, as the national champions. Uh, they sure look scary, don't they? Yeah, I, you know, if I had to pick a team right now, it would be Alabama. I think this might be Nick Saban's best team, which is really saying something because he's been so good. Uh, but but to have a quarterback like he does in Tua, I think totally changes the dynamic of Alabama. Again, Alabama's a lot more explosive than these Alabama offenses um, of the past. So I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy to think about what Nick Saban has has built down there. Um, of course, these games will be won on the field. We'll see what happens. Alabama's still going to have to play a tough SEC title game and then two very difficult college football playoff games. Uh, but right now, yeah, they, they do seem probably head and shoulders above everyone else. Well, it's going to be an interesting uh, November. There's still a lot to play out, so we will see what happens. Our guest here on our uh, game day segment this week has uh, been Cody Stavenhagen from The Athletic Detroit. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, Cody, and uh, we'll get you back in just a few weeks. Yeah, thank you very much. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Today, we came away from Saturday's game in good health, other than Dylan McCaffrey's season-ending broken collarbone. We have been very fortunate on the injury front so far, and knock on wood, it stays that way. Here are some bullet points from Jim's presser on Monday. On the reversal of the targeting call on Donovan Peoples-Jones, he said it looked like a launch to the head and neck area. He said when the rule was first put in, that was what they were most trying to get out of the game. I don't know if we'll have consistency with that call. On Shea Patterson's toughness, he said, I think all quarterbacks are tough. Jim said Shea brings a level of mental focus that few other players do. He always finds energy over and over again. On Josh Uche's success, Jim said he's got a real knack when he needs it. He's highly determined and motivated, and he's a really special player as well. He was asked about Rashawn Gary and his play on Saturday. Jim said it was good for the morale of the team and Rashawn as well. He's somebody that everyone has great respect for, and he played well too. On the return of Tariq Black, Jim said he's looking good. Everybody's happy to have him back and playing. It's been great for his morale. Jim was in good spirits, as you might expect, after Saturday's impressive win. Thanks again to beat writer Cody Stavenhagen for being with us on our game day show. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, we'll be joined by Steve Politi from the Newark Star-Ledger, who covers Rutgers football. We'll also have a peek at the game day weather and some game day notes for you. So make sure you come back on Thursday. If you get the show from iTunes, please take a minute to rate or review the program. And we thank you in advance. If you have any Mason Blue thoughts on this season, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That will do it for this week's game day edition. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. We'll see you right back here on Thursday. Until then, take care, and as always, go blue.
Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!